Signs of the Southland, Mr. Purdy, to you first. A day of disappointing second halves, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Between between either international soccer or uh, local uh, collegiate basketball, we had we had that on both ends of the spectrum. I was I'm wearing my U.S. jersey still today from today. I haven't gotten to break it out, so the World Cup was my time to finally put it to good use. It looks a lot. Oh, buddy, I've been doing some... that, that rabbit hole, but uh, uh, it, they just they, there's a lot of things that could have been better. I'll say that for England's jersey as well. They, we just have just the lesser version of that. England's jerseys are bad, but that's uh, beyond the point. Mr. Grant, you texted us earlier today and thought that our World Cup was entirely over. How do you feel about learning that it's not? I mean, I knew it wasn't over. You play another game. I just was trying to be polite and give you some 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 time to process and, and manage and be okay because, you know, it's a big deal, the, the, the soccer times. Akshay's denying his feelings by being a grammar Nazi. It's 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 a weird time. See, Akshay's never understood my uh, my bits, which is why they turn into bits. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> Speaking of bits, tell me about uh, Georgia Tech's bit at the NCAA Cross Country Championships. Wow, you're a great host. Um, Liz Galarza ran in Stillwater this weekend. Uh, I believe, yeah, Stillwater um, NCAA Championship. She represented Georgia Tech as an individual after a superlative performance uh, at the NCAA South regions um, at the big championship. Uh, I will say she ran a 2127 five. That's good for 207th overall. So yeah, you know, not, uh, not a world beater type uh, performance, but it's just kind of an honor to get the ability to, to run and, you know, try and go get uh one last race in for Tekken, and she's been pretty exemplary. So good to good to see her get that shot, kind of in the same way um, as a as a legacy of the the women's cross country team that has made a couple of trips to NCAA's recently. So it's uh, it's good to be good to be in the mix and kind of keep that uh, performance level high, even if the whole team's not there. One news and note on the combined cross country track and field teams: the track and field schedule was released. Any interesting tidbits from there? Honestly, I haven't had the time to dive in, so I'm going to pull it up and just kind of give it a scan because it winds up being a lot of the same events year in, year out. So that kind of helps me out. But uh, they're at the Clemson opener and the Clemson invite. Um, The opener is usually before winter break this year. That's no different. They go to Clemson a lot in the indoor season, like a lot, a lot. Um, They usually split the squad. Um, go up to uh, Vanderbilt and Clemson. They call it to Bob Pollock. That usually winds up being on the same weekend, and they'll be doing that again as well. Um, I think they wind up in Vandy twice overall in the indoor, Clemson four times, and South Carolina once. Uh, and then the ACC indoors are in Louisville. Uh, out, Yeah, indoor nationals are in Albuquerque. So definitely uh, going to get used to that 80-mile drive up to Clemson, South Carolina. And then uh, – there's more in the spring, but uh, we can get towards the outdoor schedule once we get past indoor. Take us over to the pool where swim started off clean old fashioned hate week. Yeah, so that one's interesting. Uh, it was the UGA invite this year. Tech does traditionally um host their own invite. So uh, a little bit odd to see them not hosting at tech, but like we said last week, kind of after, um, after all of the big events that they hosted last year, I don't 
really blame them uh, for for you know taking taking a year off there. Uh, in terms of overall team performance, Georgia Tech did finish fifth on both sides. Uh, that sounds like a small number, but there were a small number of teams there, uh, and five was was the number of teams. I will say the men uh, were closer than the women to cracking that uh, that fourth place spot. They finished just behind Florida State, four fifty six point five to four thirty one. So that was. You know, that's good, especially after uh, kind of being thoroughly handled by Florida State uh, in dual meet competition. But then again, invites are always uh, interesting how that translates. I will also note that the women outscored the men. They finished with 471. The women's score distribution among all teams was was lower. Uh, overall meet was won by Auburn on the women's side, Florida on the men. But I do have some good news. I know that kind of sounds kind of black, probably. Um, but I will say that Georgia Tech did break several records on the weekend, which is always a good thing to see. All right. How many records are we talking here? Because we I have them in front of me, and it's weird to think that this many records were broken in the same weekend. Well, you see, it's kind of interesting because you can look at it as, you know, we had six athletes break records, right? Denise Ertan. Baturu Unlu, Mackenzie Campbell, Leandro Odorici, Daniel Cortez, and Will Cody. But uh, you can also see it as seven records being broken. Uh, that'd be Denise uh, on the women's side breaking the 500 free, 1,000 free, 1,650 free, 400 IM. Uh, Batur breaking the 500 free for the men. Mackenzie breaking the 200 IM. And the other four men uh, listed, including Unlu. Uh, breaking the 400 free relay. But I think the most interesting tidbit of all, because there are a lot of ways to slice this, is the fact that Denise Ertan broke two records in the same event, which if you're talking about weird occurrences that don't happen very much, that's got to be at the top of your list. Impressive day for her. I mean, like looking at the times, there are four four NCAA B-cuts, Four record, four individual records, and then including what you said about break your own record in the same day. It's uh, honestly like a very, very, no, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a stellar performance for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's about as good as you can expect. You broke every distance record and then the, the mile and the thousand in the same swim. Uh, and she also did come kind of close to breaking the 500 free record again in that as well, which would have been quite the performance three three for the price of one would have been truly truly uh a blue moon type event uh quickly rattle off for me the remaining b cuts and any other results that were notable yeah so all of our records were uh b cuts uh unlu got the closest to an a cut Uh, for those that don't know we'll go into more detail closer to when it actually matters but a b cut basically puts you in the mix of potentially swimming uh, while an A cut guarantees you a spot uh, for lack of a better, more direct way to say that. Uh, Anyways, rest of the B cuts. And again, no guarantee they actually swim come March. Uh, That is Campbell uh, notched another one in a different event. Uh, Niles Bogner, uh, Batur Unlu also got a couple others. Uh, Zora Ripkova, Clarissa Sabin, Burke Saka, Mert Kilavust, Claudia Butterfield, Antonio Romero, uh, those are your B cuts. And again, um, if you get an A cut, you can swim them all. We'll talk more about the details once we get closer towards selection Sunday. I guess I don't know if they do it on a Sunday. Selection day. 
<laughs> towards big guy with a really big spreadsheet going one by one and adding people to events. Um, big so swim like, Saturday. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of diving, uh, we did have a number of zones cuts, um, and that would include Anna Bradescu, uh, Carmen Woodruff, Katie McKinton, and Ruben Lechuga. Boom. Good stuff. Let's move over to O'Keefe Gym, or I guess uh, Jervy Coliseum in Jervy. Clemson. Jervy Gym. Jervy Gym. It's a Jervy Gym with the super low drop ceiling. Well, yeah. Mr. Purdy, we haven't heard you speak in a while. I'll let Jake rant for a bit. Oh. Why don't you uh, Why don't you walk us through a what seemed to be to me a, a demolition of it was a Clemson. demolition. We, we demolished their ceiling. Not really. That they didn't actually break the ceiling, but there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of spots that, that got hit uh, by to be getting uh, everyone hit the ceiling. I'll, I'll just say that you you uh, know what that reminds me of this is totally random. Okay. I used to play in a water polo. What play water polo in a pool with a drop ceiling? And the the ball would just kind of like go through the drop ceiling, and then the the tile would shatter, and then you got a pool full of ceiling tile. <laughs> if I get his best like the mesothelioma stuff one day, y'all need to like go handle that. If I die, but oh boy, yeah, that's a future problem. No asbestos Sorry. this match. Uh, it was a three. It was a very easy three zero sweep. Uh, I forgot the score. The and scoring. I know the second set. We we did the second set thing again, where we just just demolished Clemson nothing there was no challenge it was very similar to the game when they came to O'Keefe where it was just done really quickly um I was very proud of my of my sub headline that said that we finished the match faster than the runtime of airplane because it really <laughs> only took an hour and 19 to finish the match I was planning on I had a gathering planned at my house and I told everybody I'm gonna be watching this game and writing about it so just be ready I was done with both before anyone showed up because this match went so fast like it it was delight. It was a delightful thing to see, especially just after I, I sadly had to miss the Louisville match, um, and so I didn't see any of that. So I, I didn't have a great sense of how, like, I guess deflated the vibes were at that from that match. But either way, they drove up there, handled their business, and I think they're glad they finished that match in 89 minutes so they can get home and get more sleep than they otherwise would have. Um, I think one of the things that we were talking about when we when this game finished up was it was a good get right game, right? Yeah, that's how it, we put it. Yeah. It came at a good point and in the back end of the schedule where Tech needed to reset before those last two games that would really have big, uh, yeah. you know, the big roles in determining postseason seating. Yeah, the next two games are big. I mean, we got we got to play Pitt on Wednesday in Pitt. Uh, who I they I know they played Louisville. Do we know? I, I, how did that? Do we know how that match went against Louisville? It was, not, it was not. It was. It was a a wampin, uh, if you if you know what I mean. It was it was not very. As say not Louisville, Louisville wiped the floor. Okay. It was like three zero, and I think one of the sets was like twenty five fourteen. Like it was. Okay. Okay, it, so we're gonna. So we're coming, like Georgia Tech playing like Virginia levels of I like. See, I see. Yike. Sometimes when you're on, you're we, on. We, we, so we got it. So we did our get right, get right game. Pitt needs one. Yeah. Going into the tournament. Uh. So at at, at worst, I think I, I think at worst we'll still pull out a set here. Like we we already pulled a set out of, like against against Pitt when they played McCamish, and it, there was we were on the ropes trying to get a second one. Uh. Didn't quite pull it out. Granted, this be a different environment. Uh, then McCamish was and everything. I think we're a better team now than we were back then. Uh, cause I, I, 
I would say D'Amico's coming to herself a lot more. Is doing. I think D'Amico's doing better. I think D'Amico's doing better than she was before. Not by a massive stretch, but I think she's doing better. Uh, Jake, please interrupt. Yeah, I just went in. I was curious. So I went into the um, the box scores here just to to see some of the, you know, the yep. the Louisville stuff um, in the act. In their normal box score, they say LNN Federal Credit Union Arena, which is where they play. It's in their student center. Yeah. But this one said the Yum Center, but somehow the attendance was only a thousand people, which is what they can do in their normal venue. Interesting. So, right? No, that match was in, though it wasn't in the Yum Center. I saw at least okay. this image of it. It was in their normal. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say that that'd be really weird. Louisville can really pack up pack the Freedom Hall when they play games there. Anyways, yeah. um, just to, for completeness' sake, 25-15, 25-21, 25-18. I'd say that's about as solid as a, of a sweep that's as yeah. as Louisville can get over a top ten team. So yeah. they're clicking and and Pitt, you know, you you don't want to be their get right game. Yeah, <laughs> that would no, not be. No, that would not know, be fun. I would love to. I mean, here's hoping Bergman just just unleashes because we tend to. I mean, any game Bergman just just goes off. It 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 it, it spells the end of teams. Uh, and and it's just hard to game, do that for a full match. You know, like yeah. that's. I mean that's what happened against Florida State. Thirty-eight kills and pulled it out. Uh, the Clemson game, though, we it was very much a spread the load game. There, I mean, D'Amico had four kills even. Like she was able to find her spots. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we play. Uh, what this comes out Tuesday, so we play tomorrow afternoon. Uh, if you're listening to this on Tuesday at five o'clock, uh, after you finish your World Cup viewing, uh, and then if we win that, I mean that's a that's an argument to be top ten going into uh, before we play Florida State. The next weekend, so two wins would be very nice down the two, stretch. Two wins would be huge. As long as we don't lose to Florida State, odds are we will likely be hosting the NCAA, an NCAA tournament game. We're teen. It right would now. be nice. It would be really it nice. Be nice. It was really it was nice. nice last year. <laughs> it really yep. was. It. I'm spoiled. That was. That was phenomenal sporting events like that they're fun it 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 really helps you know your draw gets a lot better i don't know there's there's no downside to hosting no there is not get use the environment use the 20 minute sweat cleanup breaks that you have to use at times just do it do what you got to do i will say the citadel guys were a bit annoying but you know what they were there having a good time so i don't really blame them just I wanted to pull up RPI just to compare. It has been updated through games that finished yesterday. I think Tech is sitting 30. at Tech is sitting at twenty. Okay, the, so we moved up a spot. Yeah, so you are looking at. This is why we need a quality road win. Yes. Whoa. We have that. We yeah. Have you are looking at having to jump Creighton, Houston, UCF, and Penn State for slot number sixteen. If you subscribe to all of the top 16 being your top 16 seed. So, yeah. um, and we could probably play one of those teams in their own gym. If, if you, uh, if you don't, I guess no, it'd be probably the ones above them. Never mind. Sorry. I'm... Someone's verbally posting. Uh, Pitt is four, Louisville is two. So there's your, there's your path right there. Florida State is down at 30. So still a very solid quality opponent. Um, yeah, Win what you got. Two games left. Win what you got. Uh, we'll talk about football and a couple other of the revenue sports right after this short break. Yeah. So 
As always, our short break here features Section 103. Section 103 is this podcast's favorite place to buy Georgia Tech apparel. Um, for those that don't know, uh, it is Gold Friday going on now. Um, obvious reference to the current uh, shopping phenomena that goes on after Thanksgiving. That's 20% off automatically uh, through November 28th. Automatically. You don't even have to remember to do anything. It's just there. Um, free shipping over 70 bucks, uh, 20% is supplied to everything. And that includes the five new items that came out uh, just this past weekend. That is Feliz Bobby Dodd is now in Navy background, not just gold. And then five different offerings of the white uh, Ramblin' Wreck uh, t-shirts. Uh, I guess script is probably the way to put it, but they got t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, and also white sweatshirts. Long sleeve stuff in white is so hard to come by for Georgia Tech. This is a phenomenal addition. I'm super stoked. And uh, just another great addition to the best top to bottom place to get Georgia Tech logos, Georgia Tech, uh, the, the not the typeface, the word mark, the word mark, and then uh, also all sorts of other eclectic good tech stuff. Check them out. Uh, and remember that through next Monday, the 28th, 20% off. Welcome back to Scions of the Southland. Mr. Grant, before we continue and talk about football, because I have a segue in mind for this, you you had something that you wanted to double back to about swim. It's not necessarily swim. It's also volleyball. Um, It's also a couple of different sports. And now that you actually said swim, you're totally ruining what I was going to throw out there, uh, which probably actually would have been obvious given my uh, tie-in was listed in in the swimming section. But, gents, I put together this this, uh, item that samples past Georgia Tech results. Only conference results. I'm not crazy. Very hard to find and compile all this data. And among Georgia Tech's teams that play head-to-head matchups, I want you to guess what the top three uh, over the last six or seven years have been. Just off the top of your head. Top matchups? Like uh, top ones? winning percentage. Top winning percentage. ACC. I guess the yeah, ACC. Of any of our match-based sports. That is baseball, football. Um, there's one golf match in there, but that doesn't yeah. really count. Um, so I'm excluding them. Let me, have a, let, me, let me ask for one qualifier. There are there were recent ads to the conference. Does that is there no minimum? Yeah, is this, post this re, is this post-expansion it's, or all-time? I had originally done it out to the period where Jake has been writing with from the rumble seat. But then I decided to just complete the, the trilogy, not trilogy, but the span go for the entire time. I've been at okay. tech, which is dated to fall 2016. The only reason it's not to Louisville's addition to get the entire, I guess, modern quote unquote sense of the ACC is because it takes forever to compile this. Cause there's so no it's one 2016 and now 2016 and now. And again, your sports are baseball, football, men's and women's basketball, men's swimming and diving, and women swimming and diving, men's and women's tennis, softball, volleyball. Those are your ten options. Well, it has to be volleyball. Yeah, volleyball has to be right. like one of them. That's one. I you would, don't have to agree. By the way, I'm gonna go with volleyball. I'm gonna go with women's tennis as well. Okay. And then after that, oh, no, it's not gonna be swim. Conference win percentage. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Yeah. All right, in that order, volleyball, women's tennis, and baseball. You're close. You're close. Okay. I, I thought I thought I was going to get you with women's tennis, but women's tennis is highest. 
uh, by a, a decent chunk. Volleyball's second. Uh, yeah. They actually were decidedly not for the first three years. Uh, but yeah, I forget. Kalia had to Ted to clean up and then figure it out. Then so. they went yeet. Uh, yeah, no, she she had a, a solid 2016 and then 2017 was down. But third was not baseball. Baseball was fourth with women's Maybe basketball close My behind. emergency fourth pick is softball. No, softball. <laughs> softball did not hashtag get good until until very recently. And they were actually under 500 in conference last Hoping year. For recency bias. Yeah. Um, it's actually men's swimming and diving. Hey. His third. I was very God, surprised to see that. to think about. Wow. Well, not first. It's very fun to think about, but it's very weird to think about. Small, small sample size, right? Uh, right. Other than football, um, swimming and diving had the smallest head-to-head uh, conference like number of opportunities right, because yeah. they only do like three or four in a given year. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I was going to throw that in the. I thought that me wanting to put it in the the swimming and diving section would would give it away. But, yeah, I thought uh, I, I realized that after after we you yeah, said so. It, but... I, I do have this data able to be sliced by opponent, and uh, I have wins, losses, uh, total score, differential, all that stuff. So if you ever have any questions, or this will just be a good, this will be a good trivia segment going forward. Just just whip up a new one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I built a website around it and everything. So hopefully y'all like that. If anyone who's listening wants any really specific uh, info um, or would like to to incentivize us to build this out, the data uh, further back. Um, let us know. But yeah, like I said, opponent, site, sport, school year, month, date, um, postseason extras. It can, it can filter any of the information. It's just a big, big, big drop down list of results. Sorry. Anyways, thank you for letting so, me indulge myself. Somehow the history guy has created history analytics. I'm not really oh sure God. how I feel about that. It's like he went to Georgia Tech or something. It's like he has Nerds. two degrees from the same institution or something. Good lordy. Yuck. Who would do that? Who Sickos. in their right mind would do that? Sickos. Like Speaking me. of sickos. Speaking of sickos, Georgia Tech football won 21 to 27 in Chapel Hill over a ranked UNC team. Uh, some numbers off of the top. Georgia Tech posted a 41% postgame win expectancy per Bill Conley and per our own. Robert Binion, he had it around 49%. So keep that in mind as a table setter for our discussion here. Um, Tech's usual very good turnover luck sort of evened out in this game. Um, I would say overall, UNC took a, what was it, like a seven, a 14-0 lead. And personally, I thought that was enough for the second game in a row. But UNC kept Tech in this game by not slamming the door shut repeatedly when they had chances to in like in hilarious fashion. Constantly. That's exemplified but, by that downs. I, I, everyone who's listening to this podcast has almost certainly seen it by, by now Josh downs dropping that pass in the end zone. <laughs> like if, if you want to emblematic, if you want the one play that was emblematic of their refusal, not just inability, refusal to slam the door on Georgia Tech. It's not the interceptions. It's not the getting three points in like four trips to the red zone or whatever the stat was. It was drop literally dropping the ball. He he had he had him toasted. Just you know? Absurd. Hey. It, it's absurd how how UNC was like, no, take this game, please. 
if you want to make you. the playoff, win the dang ball game. Like that that's all you got to do. But uh, I I think this is weird of uh, I guess us as a Georgia Tech podcast to say, but I think UNC as like a football program and as a football reputation this season has been very incredibly fraudulent as we've seen when they get into shootouts with a meh App State team earlier this year uh, and lost to a meh Notre Dame team earlier this year. This but, is why we thought – this is why we always thought we had, a, I think, when Sims and Pyron were still there, we thought we had somewhat of a shot here because we know we knew UNC in some spots was a little too fraudulent to be taken seriously as the rank that they had. Um, just the fact yeah. they just they – play, they play in a, a division that gave them the chance to have as good of a division as they have. Um, eventually, coastal madness was going to bite them, and uh, look, look what happened. Uh, I, I mean, it's very clear that no one is good in the coastal to me. No, Everyone is bad. Every it's it's a goddamn bucket of crabs. There are uh, they. Everyone brings each other down. I'll bring uh, you, uh, on, on your note about it being fourteen zero though. Like I had, I was hosting a dinner party that night, and so I was kind of in and out. So dinner watched... parties have you had recently? Sorry. <laughs> uh, the volleyball, volleyball, and football were scheduled during back-to-back events and back-to-back days. Uh, but I, we were, like, so I watched the first quarter before people showed up, and I was like, "Oh, well, this is already done." Like, fourteen-zero was enough for me to just not even consider it. And then I like would check it. Out. I checked my phone at the third quarter. I was like, "Okay, we're not dead, but it, there's too much game left." And then I saw we were winning in the fourth, and I was like, "Oh, well, I'm leaving the party." As in, I moved one room over and started watching. Uh, it, it was weird to have the feel like I have to emergency watch Georgia Tech football. I didn't think I'd have that feeling this year at all. You had to you had to go into a different room and hide your shame. <laughs> it was all tech people. I eventually brought we we got people to watch, but I maintain yeah, my yeah. point. You had to hide your shame. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I, Jake, I have some stats on this, but give me some more vibes. What did you see in this game um, that you liked? Let's start with. Fail to remember that I was in the middle of the woods. I was I was down um, with with family in in rural central Illinois, so my connection was spotty in the first half and then non-existent in the second. So my vibes entirely were not even that UNC is giving the game away, but just they couldn't be stopped. I mean, the very first play they uncorked a, an eighty-yard run just to to run it all the way to the house, and um, you know tech. Tech hung around. I mean, they they did a fairly decent job of being competitive, but you know, when when it came time for all right, it's like time for family dinner that you cannot ignore. It was also pretty easy to step away. Uh, I did eventually see um, the game, the game winning touchdown, and and the end of the game there. But um, you know, it it was not it's not an easy. Uh, game to watch in the first half and the the hashtag emotions that run through you seeing you know oh my gosh look we won we weren't supposed to we we beat a good ranked team we beat them on the road like that doesn't really excuse the fact that it was also somewhat of a fluky win um i mean 41 percent is is and 49 percent post-game win probabilities not bad but Certainly a little higher than I than I would have expected. It seems like that game was a decent chunk. UNC giving it back to us as much as it was us, you know, yeah. clawing out of a big hole. Yeah. And I will say that it 
Tech had a lot of really well-constructed drives in the second half, right? I think they came out of the half uh, with some and made some adjustments and some of the play calling, especially in order to overcome that initial 14-point margin, um, was very well done. They set the tone. I think it was their second drive of the second half where they ended in a touchdown. They set the tone the entire way down the field. They were able to run the ball effectively. They were able to throw short passes. Um, and, and they found gaps in the UNC defense, which you can see was very purposefully, or maybe not purposefully, but they were giving them a lot of space in the flats to work with and a lot of space on the edge. UNC just really failed to defend the pass well at all for a team that we had derided for the last couple of weeks as having a fairly poor passing game. <laughs> so it was not a particularly good defensive performance from UNC whatsoever. I will say on the flip side, UNC's offensive line also not good. You cannot give up. What's what's the number of sacks that I'm looking at here? Uh, you cannot give up six sacks to Georgia tech and be considered a good offensive line because that pass rush is not the greatest. Um, it it seems like what's a... held us in games that, that the other parts of the defense has been yes. strengthened. Is it like, okay, this is, if we have anything to bank off, if it was that, but you gave us the whole defense to work with. That's different. Yeah. That's different. It, and that spells for these are the two things. I, I think these two, maybe along with more turnovers last year, the, or were the, were what motivated Tech or in, uh, or in pushed Tech to a win last year when this was the Mercedes-Benz game. And I, I think Jake and I talked about that a bunch. This year it was just, okay, well, you, you survive and let UNC kind of make its own mistakes and just benefit off of those, yeah. right? But I, I, it's just a very – I think, Jake, you said well, even, it best. And I think you then, pointed at the numbers too. It was just fluky. Like it just yeah, didn't then, feel though. clean. Executing on mistakes is the base of competency as well. Like I, that's not yeah. something this team has ever this year. I don't think at any game. Well, okay, maybe the Western Carolina game, but even then, that that wasn't that much there. And, like it's hard to tell if this team was of that quality. And when you say Zach Gibson's yeah. gonna be the guy to make that happen, too, it's like okay, that's not the recipe we would have, you would have had to think. North Carolina had a really bad day for us to still have a bad half of football, and. I mean, granted, we should have lost that game. The, the win probability of North Carolina in that last pass should have been 99.99% when Dobbs was holding the ball for a half second and then turned to zero immediately. So, uh, I mean, there, there's there's the flukiness of that. But, yeah, even then, showing a level of competency is a lot, and I think that will also feed into the coaching discourse in a second. And, and, and on, to your point, capitalizing on mistakes is, is – you know, a, a sign of competency, but also forcing mistakes, right? It's not yeah, like yeah. UNC makes mistakes in a vacuum. So, you know, obviously this is me kind of walking back what I said just a little bit, but like it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a performance either. You know, it, it was it was fine. You know, they, they did what they needed to win. It was harder than it needed to be. But uh, yeah. again, if this was a perfect team that executed every week, uh, since Canning Collins, they'd be at 
you know, seven, seven and four and, and already locked up with a bowl, right. Or, or six and five, you know, not to get too, too aggressive or out over my skis, but you know, it's, it's good Georgia tech and, and bad Georgia tech almost. It's like a, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde thing, I think, yeah. but maybe I'm getting a little bit too far ahead of myself. There. I don't know if it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing. I think the thing that we've run into this season under uh, in the Brent here or the Brent key part of the season has been the, it, the offense is not the focal point. The defense sets the tone for what the performance is going to be like that day. And the defense yeah. says, Hey, we're going to keep you in this game. Um, and it's something that we've seen most weeks, honestly, like Virginia yeah. was like that. Miami was like that. This game was like that. Duke, actually, I think all of these games, maybe other than the, the Florida State demolition, well, even Virginia the Florida State demolition is a counterexample. I'd say, yeah, the the defense was constantly keeping the other team either forcing mistakes or um, or limiting the damage that they could do. The defense was constantly keeping this team in games, and the offense was letting them down. I think in this game the offense turned it around late in the game right when it needed to. Zach Gibson at overall had a pretty good day, um, which given some of his earlier endeavors was a bit of a surprise. Uh, he, I think he got better as the game progressed. He had a really good second half, I would say. But I think one of the things that was key to their success in this game was – uh, to tech success in this game was weaving possessions and plays with Gibson in with uh, Tyson Fomachon, right? Yeah. They wo- they had Gibson throwing passes and they had Fomachon running the ball a lot. And that sort of interplay where UNC, I mean, UNC couldn't stop a butterfly, but like UNC was not able to handle that sort of volatility is not the right word, but that sort of dynamic Variety. play. That, that sort of variety, right? I should use the simpler word. The, the variety uh, under center and, and in the shotgun, and it was just, and that proved really, really effective. Um, and it's something that I'd like to see them continue to do, right? It, it, it's something that worked. It, it, obviously, now there's tape on it, so you might not be able to go back to that well a whole bunch. But if you if you're saying I now need to, I get, I built this entire offense around um, having a quarterback that is mobile in the pocket and and good with his feet, but now I don't have that guy. But you have two yeah. guys that are good at different skill sets. Then why not try to find situations that make them fit their strengths the best? I'm just hearing that Kirby Smart's got a prep for two quarterbacks, which means double the work. So something's going to slip through the cracks. I, I, that that's that's what that's that's a joke. Let's not put that cart before that particular horse. <laughs> um, some other news, well, not news, some numbers to wrap up. Uh, Tech's EPA per play, uh, 0.09, 57th percentile uh, performance, not bad. Uh, success rate was 85th percentile at 50 percent. Again, not bad. Uh, yards per play was pretty disappointing. I think that's pretty indicative of their first half performance. It was at 5.32, 31st percentile. Um, Again, Zach Gibson, Tyson Fomachan, uh, good day under center, 0.3 EPA per dropback, 75th percentile. Uh, I'm not going to read all of these numbers uh, because that would be Jake level of reading the baseball schedule that he did one time that I ended up taking out. But Papa. like, 
I think when you contrast this, like Zach Gibson threw through 18 passes, completed 13 of them. His QBR per ESPN was 70, uh, 73.7. You compare that to Drake May, who threw 30 passes, got picked off, the sack six times, and had a – well, our model had him at a 17 QBR. It, it's just night and day, especially considering that the pedigree that Drake May had. And Tech didn't even allow a sack. They didn't allow a single sack in this game. <laughs> UNC had yeah. six. That always it, it's so weird to read yeah. this box score out. It's weird. I, I know we have to move on, but any final notes on the, on the game before we move on to a different topic? Nah. It, it was, hey, wins are great. I love it. This critically uh, does not take us out of bowl contention, even with five wins, if we likely finish with five wins, uh, because there are 15 five-win teams for nine remaining bowl spots, and we're 37th at academic progress ranking. So, there's a world where enough teams lose and we still make a bowl game with five wins. Not guaranteeing it, of course, because the math can work out against our favor and there will be enough six-win teams. But we're, the season could still have two games left in December. Or when one in December. So, we'll see how it all Is one of those out. really a game? Anyway, moving well, on. Well, hey, it's I, critical for our budgets for next year. Hey, the... Uh... The opportunity to have a couple extra weeks of just practicing and getting out there, not the worst thing in the world, you not know, just more opportunities to, especially given that we still don't know the future of the team, right? There, There's, there's no coach that's been signed per our, our plebeian knowledge um, and access, but you know, it's, it, it's not the worst of the world, no matter, no matter who, uh, or uh, or whom winds up being on that that new staff. Yeah. Speaking of that, I think that's a great segue into, into talking about maybe some of the aftermath of this game. Let's put this in therapy words, shall we? I think I feel I know. Jack, let's start with you. What are your current feelings about the Georgia Tech head coaching position and how? what would you think is the best choice for them moving forward? Not necessarily a candidate. Yeah, I yeah I think this is I I I grew up a Braves fan and they were and a lot of what I learned about what's good for an internal structure within an organization is how well you develop the people within your organization. Case in point, Brian Sticker over the last thirty years just mm-hmm. at times thought about hanging it up, but Lordy he became manager of the year. Could have won it this year if it weren't for Show Walter doing such a great, a great job. Gives us gives us a World Series, gets us a game away two years ago. Um, that two two or three innings away actually, we had a lead in that in Game Seven. Um, and we were it that that's emblematic of I think the ideal of just like have a great institutional structure to build guys within and bring them up and go that go that route. Um, I can't say that Tech exactly has that right now, um, and I think anyone that's been watching the program close enough would agree with that. So. And that said, I'm not saying that Brent Key is bad at his job. I'm not saying that um, he hasn't been developed in a, in a positive ways while he's here. He's certainly been a boon to this team. Uh, now, do I know? I have no idea if this is if he'll be the long-term solution. If he is, great. If he can be, uh, but I think my feeling is that I am not opposed to 
anyone external coming in. Um, I know we all have our favorites, and they've been favorites of mine as well. Um, I will not be disappointed if it's Brent Key, though. Now, of course, if, you, if by some miracle we beat Georgia, I think he just you just give him the job on the field. Like, I don't think he wasted any time with that because <laughs> he becomes a legend at that moment. Like, you don't need to worry about it. Everyone's going to buy in. Um, there won't be any argument with that. Um, but I think it's mostly important to have a way to, to – I think it's what's most important is find a guy that will press the institutional reset button effectively to where – we don't have to do the five-year rebuild thing that we were trying to do with Collins, but at least gives us a, a, a healthy sense of direction compared to where we were with Collins. Mr. Grant, how about you? I mean, I was riding the dopamine high a couple of times this year, to be completely honest. And, and I think that's a fair place to be, but I think I just, <laughs> I feel like if I, if I knew knew that it was the right fit, like I'd I'd feel it. You know what I mean? And I just feel like there's one thing missing and I can't quite place it. Um, I'm sure you have numbers and stuff uh to to back up your your conclusions. And I like the guy. Um I just I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew more of what honestly Jay Bot was thinking slash looking for. Um if they come out and say, Hey, we're hiring key. You know, whether it's money or, you know, he's the guy who won the interview or, or whatever that is. Um, as long as it's well-reasoned, I'm going to take it well. Um, I just don't want them to be like, oh, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, and I don't think they're going to be like that. But whatever it is, I just want it to be done well and explained and said, you know, he he's our guy. This is why. Uh, and, and I can be at peace with that. I'll note that we, we said the fact that we don't have a permanent guy now. I think also shows that hey, we're taking our time with this because it's been it's been a couple months now. Like we didn't, it, it, we would have called it rushed if it happened by now. I think and it didn't. It hasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No matter who it is, so. as long as they say here's who it is, here's why. Um, this is what they're saying. I I can get on board with. Oh, not that I wouldn't be on board no matter what, but you, you know what I mean. Like I just. Yeah. There also be stay. more people available after the season, anyways, because there's turnover everywhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think kind of a half answer. So you're welcome. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I think there are the search has been incredibly buttoned up. I think the institution has done a good job of at least running this process, quote unquote, the right way, or at least the way that I feel is the right way. Right, doing yeah. due diligence. Um, doing this like an SEC program might, nothing really leaks. Uh, and unless you have very crazy boosters uh, like Auburn, we'll get to that in a second when we do picks, but, um, like nothing really leaks. Everything's buttoned up. It's a a very need to know basis. Like we, I mean, we don't know any information in general, but we know even less (laughs) this time around. Um, so I think that is fundamentally good process right i I think that is is emblematic of good process making sure all of your t's and i's are dotted and crossed it tells you the little things are going that they're taking care of the little things yeah what i would be what i would be concerned about is the good process getting overridden by emotional boosters right right that Mm -hmm. and tell them how you feel war eagle I, I, I mean, it's not just an Auburn thing, but it's a like we 
it's a it's a nerd thing, right? It's a we have to look yeah. at the data. I, I let me put this in the therapy words. I feel that tech has to look at the data and make in a decision based on the information in front of them. They cannot make a decision based just on vibes for what is a, I feel that they cannot make a decision based on vibes for what is effectively the largest marketing apparatus for the institution. Yeah. You have to be, especially when you are faced with a budget deficit or a revenue deficit, not only compared to the, the, big two, right? Your big 10 and your sec, you can't borrow against future revenues, Mm -hmm. but also against your peers in your own conference. You have to make sure that you take care of business. You do good process, even if it doesn't work out right. But you have to set yourself up for success by executing on good process. You can't just let vibes get ahead of you and override the process. That is my piece. I don't want to. I don't want to name a candidate. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about key specifically. But process is. I'm. I'm being process oriented. Yeah. I'll the say, result I'll, is the result, but they have to have good process. I'll say on vibes, like it's. I, I think we could refine the term a little bit to like people. I mean, a lot of people in these circles, like they have relationships with each other. Like a lot of people know a lot of people. Know a lot of people know how to get to other people through people. So while there are vibes, there are still actual human relationships at play here that mm-hmm. can be influential um, and that may bring out other insights, too, that stats will just never do. I mean, that's I mean, that happens in every single hiring thing. Every A lot of decisions, every decision has some fact element and some just like what your gut says and everyone regrets it when you don't listen to your gut. Granted, this is a much larger position. It's not like, oh, shoot, I should have gotten Chick-fil-A earlier or something like that. Um, so I, th- I think I, Oops, think I just I, I bought an extra Coke back. and I bought an extra Coke and accidentally purchased a new football coach. <laughs> All that to say, I, I, I think you're right that yeah the the, the process and you know like they got to go through the the hard data properly is first and foremost. I will say to wrap this up, I, I, but, but well before I wrap this up, Jake, do you have any anything to, before I do wrap this up? Nah, I mean the. Yeah, the time will tell, and the waiting's the hard part. So who knows how we'll be talking in a month? Great segue because you know the season's basically over. So I, I mean, you'll see an announcement in. I mean, we saw the announcement for Jeff the first week of December. Um, so I would imagine something is something like that is similar, regardless of if it's someone who is currently employed bowl game like what uh, not employed whatever what have you like you need to have someone in place before the holidays both from a logistical perspective and from a recruiting perspective yeah Um, that that last time that like weekend or whatever between paul stepping down and and jeff being hired was still wild i remember walking through the uh the tech hotel because they were hosting a ton of recruits it was like the last weekend before uh early signing day and it was just like assistant coaches and uh, to be fair we were we were walking through in a big crowd they're like oh where's the party at kind of thing i was like no 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 no, no. you guys stay here um but uh <laughs> i was like why did we even i think it was raining but but yeah no, no just an odd time so it definitely makes sense that you know we need to get this locked down yeah this will be there is a end in sight to this um i i think you give it probably within the next 
two or three weeks, we'll know something more concrete. And I'm not saying that with any sort of sourcing. That is just, that is in, you know, in bar, take a page from Jake. It's a vibe. It's a vibe that I have. Uh, moving on to one of Jake's favorite sports, women's basketball. Well, actually, how about you take this one? Walk it's, us through the week Jack's in women's favorite basketball. Sports, it's what I write about. <laughs> yes, but I needed the segue. You, you forget that the purpose of a host is to segue, not to provide Jake, start talking about women's basketball. So women's basketball is a sport. They play five on five. Um, usually Get to the point. Um, you know. Anyways, um, Tech did uh, play two games last week. Um, they're both against SEC teams. And we flipped the results from last year. And you know what? I'm not sure how I feel like it feel about it. Uh, even though Auburn is still probably not going to be very good this year, uh, UGA would have been a nice, nice win to have. Uh, they they split it. Um, UGA game was at home. Jack, I'm sure you could talk more about that. I, I did watch all of it, but I'm not about to steal your thunder given that you were there. And on pre- press row, what did you see? I saw, oh, I saw what what Coach Fortner saw, which was a team that could not rebound to save its life, and yep. that does not have toughness to knock it to get take care take care of itself they won the first half and the entirety of the auburn game surely out of dumb luck that neither team could put back a rebound or an offensive rebound um the entire uh, neither game and either that first one and a half stretch game stretches um out rebounded the crap out of us uh and then we like we shot decently well which is why we, we won that georgia also by the time the first quarter was over had doubled tech and rebound 16 to 8 and it just stayed at a very large margin the whole time um Nerea Hermosa without having Stroutmanet and Loyola Kubai there at six plus footers to take care of business on the on the boards is just killing us we have a lot of speed uh but we don't have the height really to match it um and because we just allowed put back after put back after second chance opportunity it wore us out Georgia did a double team a half court press that just destroyed any sense of offensive flow and rhythm, um, which Nell mentioned in her post game on uh, on Sunday, and Foley was just like, we just there's there's a lot of ways to grow from it. She mentioned, but it was just like there was just no excuses for it. Like they just got out hustled in both games. That's that's the brunt of it. We got one on one at least out of it. Uh, the offense is there; it is good, but it's still. I, I think. It, play that Georgia game in three weeks, I think you'd have a, I think you'd have at least a closer result. I, yeah, I think my takeaway from both of these games was techs. We, we had mentioned before the season that tech had questionable amounts of depth and it definitely did not have a lot of size. And both of those things got exploited. And, and well, I mean, also, the, the size yeah. bit got exploited versus Auburn, but the depth and the size bits got very exploited. Yeah. Um. In the other game, Rod McKenzie asked about the rotation in the press conference, and she and Nell said that we don't have a set rotation yet. Like we've had that we've put out the same starting crew every time, but um, the rest of it's still TBD as of now. Um. So the the team's still learning who it is. We were starting a fr- we were starting a freshman at at point guard with t- with Tony Morgan. Um. And Aaliyah Love is barely scoring off the bench right now. Uh, she scored two points last game. It was a good stretch. She got a steal and brought it down the court. Uh, but then later in the game, we have a three-on-one and can't and Bianca Jackson can't make the layup or find the extra pass. Yep. Uh, so I, there's a lot of chemistry stuff still to be solved on the offensive side that was evident 
that's been evident since the warm up, since the scrimmage warm up game we had against Clayton State. And I feel like if we're talking about not making that extra pass and just being a little bit off, it seems like a lot of this stuff is going to be real green when we talk about the men's basketball mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, uh, love, love narratives, parallels. Um, narratives, parallels. And, yeah. and I will say, Tech Tech did keep it, keep it competitive there for a while, but I mean, it just seemed like they they were next to nothing on the glass. Uh, yeah. Very hard to win games when you're giving teams not just second and third chances, but fourth chances. That's not good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like they, they got outworked, and the shot selection wasn't there, and and that makes it tough. Um, it, it was a game that was in shooting distance until it just got out of hand at the end. Yeah, Georgia went on an 11-0 run, which is how they got took the lead in the third in the third quarter. Um, we were still cl- decently close there in the uh, at the end of the third, but now by the fourth, it was now that just it felt like garbage time lasted the whole the whole quarter. Yeah, I think the worst part of that is that you could kind of see that coming in the first quarter, right? Because Georgia was getting so many of those second, third, fourth chance points off of offensive rebounds and 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 turnovers, they were able to get more shots up, and they just got very unlucky in those first two quarters about what was falling, right? They a lot of clanks off the rim, a lot of layups that just bounced out, and those didn't in the second half uh, those started falling regression set in so tech just kept allowing them to get in the paint and score very easy baskets oh yeah and their paint points they got burned by it like 75 percent of georgia's points were in the paint like they just they took anything they wanted in there there was just it's it it just comes back to not having size in that in that on that part of the court i was gonna say pitch but yeah that part of the court i think we we only beat auburn i would say they have they had three freshmen starting that game like they're just a young team that was inexperienced but that still got the same kind of chances that georgia got which is just scary to think about that it's just like okay you give any experienced team a shot to offensive rebound against us they're gonna be torched the acc is good there's like five we played nine ranked teams this year or nine teams that got votes and we have uh who is it? No, oh, it's not Butler. The other school is Belmont. Belmont soon, who did get votes. So, and they're a great team. They <laughs> played us tough last year, and they are a tournament regular. And we gotta I go am, there. I am a. They moved from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley, which will only make me shill harder for them because the Missouri Valley is my favorite conference in all of college basketball. It's a long story, Jack. Don't ask. But um, we can question. talk about it some other time. Um, Belmont. Belmont's a good program. Um, and. Murray State was a good ad for the Missouri Valley too. Anyways, it, it's it's not gonna get it's not gonna be an easy year, right? And and yes, you play these hard. Well, you can always play UGA, but you know you play a challenging non-conference slate because what's waiting is not gonna be any better between Louisville, between NC State, Virginia Tech is on the up and up. They, I think they're doing some good work they're in good, their non-conference programs overall. It doesn't really show in volleyball yet, but um, men's basketball, women's basketball. Baseball, softball, just really, really uh, strong, strong showing from from VT lately. But um, yep. yeah, yep. ACC is not going to get easier. So you got to win now. Like that's that's the time. Beat beat South Florida. This that's that's important. That is the next game on the list. They will play South Florida in one of those Maui Invitational style Fort tournament Myers, things. Florida. I don't really get what 
what those are and why those exist. That's Friday at 7.30 on something called Flow Hoops in Fort Myers. So keep an eye out for that, I guess. Uh, Let's switch over to the men's side of things. Jake, we were in the house for the NIU game, which got – Oh, Jack was there too, probably sitting on Media Row, which is why we didn't cross paths. I got Callaway seats this time. I was living large. Oh, he, he got now. a hella Vienna on the house because at Callaway Club they feed you, they and when you're a plebe you. like me, you just show up and hope that you know you can survive. Actually, we did get food before, so yes, maybe that's, we did. Way, they did feed. They do anyway, feed. Well. anyway, what I was going to say is that this was a very, very stupid second half, like exceptionally stupid, like third quarter ish. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being fine, but you could smell the vapors on this one, like the Atlanta sports vapors on this one for a yeah. large stretch of the half. second half. You know, and something I appreciate about today's game, we're recording this immediately after the Utah game, which, gosh darn it, all this talking has made me forget about how mad I was about that game. Anyways. Uh, oh, you were very I upset. I appreciate Well, if you don't spot the other team a 12 nothing lead, it's a lot easier to win, Akshay. Um, that's that's the Jake Grant analysis. I don't need advanced stats. Um, right, I emoji face. You play to but, win the game. <laughs> just rebound. Anyways, no. Um, well, also that. That I appreciate that at least today they did the third quarter nap at the beginning of the first half, so that way we like knew what was up. But 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 Georgia Tech, it's it's been a thing in every sport, I'm sure, at some point or the other. But men's basketball is especially prone to just plopping out eight minutes without a made field goal. And that makes it very challenging to win the games, especially when you're playing power five or some level of major-ish program, right? It, it It's very tough to win games when you're not scoring and when you're not making critical shot selection uh, because – there's a lot of times when this team, you saw it against NIU, you saw it against Utah, you saw it against Georgia State. It, it's it's the extra pass or finding a higher percentage shot is almost always a better call than uh, some of some of the stuff we've been we've been getting. And to their credit, you know, they're three and one. They they got a lot of season left. Um, there are going to be a lot of winnable games in the ACC. You heard it here first, but you know. It's. I'm not going to say it's the same problem as always because I, I feel like we've learned a lot, right? I, I think Javon Franklin is going to be the answer uh, up the middle, okay. and I think he looks great. And I think Good. a lot of these guys are just it, it, they're in a similar spot to the women, right? They're they're new they're new folks, and they're they're still getting in the mix. And I think that that is true of all the games we've seen since we last recorded a podcast. I'll go one step further. I will say it's the same things that we've seen before because they still can't really shoot effectively from the free throw line. It sucks. Yeah. This has been a thing for like, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to rant here a little bit. This has been a thing for like a decade now. I don't understand how you can be this bad for this long at shooting free throws. Like the Women are bad at it too, so something's in the water in, in yeah. Zelnax. Zelnax. Like, it's so, it's frustrating. Like, those are frustrating. Like, I think, especially today, so that so j- just to set the context, uh, Tech played Utah in the Fort Myers tip-off tournament. They, they also did a tip-off tournament. Um, today, that that game tipped off at, what, 6.30? Um, uh, Tech lost by four. 
Um, and that was a game, like you said, in which they trailed very early. It was like 23 to four. They came back to lead by four and they would have been able to put the game away if they had gone better than 50% from the free throw line. Multiple times they would have been able to put that game away. Utah was fouling them a bunch. It was just, yeah. it's super frustrating to see them constantly be bad at this year after year after year. After on, year on after that year after year. Sorry, that's on that one so. point you can say that it is the same exact problem. I, I, I think you you mentioned too the shot selection, and that was down the stretch versus Utah, especially in the what I guess the fourth quarter or what have you. Oh my god. There were some very, very poor shots taken there. And very like, they were they were like off balance. Um, like all like from mid range to long range, like shots that you don't really want to take and that are going to be low percentage. Like you need to, they need to do a better job of getting the ball to the hoop and putting it in. It sounds very simple and it sounds very reductive, but like that, that's the, that's the end all be all of this. They are just not doing a good job of getting penetration and honestly, like creating looks for themselves. Jack, this is your time to shine. I thought you'd you'd have to, you looked not, ready. No, not really. No, I was just reacting to that. I thought that I, I agree with all that. Um, this is not my this is not my bread and butter. Is this team? But uh, just use soccer metaphors. That's how I do it. You know, if free throws are penalty shots. You really should be converting most of these. Like it's a free shot at the bucket. Come on, guys. Like I, I do That's these guys literally in the name. It's 50... a free throw. Do they not? I mean, that th- this is more just speaking on my butt. So I mean, I, I I would think if I played basketball, knowing that they had that that I had at points the shot to have a free bucket, I would practice that all the time to make that a lock. Um, I know that's a hard still to still knock down. Also, I was an underhand free throw shooter, but that's just me. Oh, that's bold of you. <laughs> um, it was I'm, effective. I'm looking for the box score real quick. I don't think they posted it yet because there are a couple things. That I did note, so give me one second. To... I'll vamp while you do that. They will finish up the the tournament. I think the the Marquette-Mississippi State semifinal, I don't really know what to call it. These tournaments are always weird to me. Um, that game is ongoing right now, I believe. I don't really know what the status is, but that, that next game will be on Wednesday. Uh, and then Tech will be back at home on Saturday at 4 p.m. versus North Alabama. So a couple games here to Marquette is usually a good opponent. I I'm not basketball plugged in. I'm not going to be able to tell you how good they are right now. Mississippi state has never struck me as quite a, as a basketball school. So question marks abound there. Um, but well, you know, they'll get a challenge, I guess on Wednesday, and then they have a get right game scheduled on Saturday. So we'll, we'll see what the status is and what adjustments they've made uh, pretty quickly here. Yeah, so just going through some of the, the stats, news and notes for those who didn't watch. Um, Tech went to went through the first six minutes of the game without a point. Uh, Tristan Maxwell scored at 14.06 to cut Utah's lead to 12-2. to uh, Not great. Um, another note, uh, at one point, Utah led by 19 as late as about 10 minutes left in the, uh, in the first. 23 to 6 or 23 to 4 is not something that you want to spot another team because I think it's pretty inarguable that yes, Georgia Tech did take another nap 
down the stretch, uh, all of their points uh, after after a Trist, yeah after a Tristan Maxwell three uh, to go up fifty seven fifty four with seven minutes to play. Tech again did not uh, did not make a uh, a field goal. Uh, and and if you if you look at it right, we we talked about NIU just basically being non existent for for ten minutes, the first ten minutes of the half. Um, you can say, hey, Jake. You know, it, what if you threw out those those first six minutes uh, of the first half and the last uh, seven uh, of the second half? And and to that end, it, you'd be somewhat correct in saying that Georgia Tech did outscore Utah 57 to 31, which is pretty emblematic of them forcing turnovers, of them capitalizing, of having a, a, a solid shot selection, of frankly being more lucky. Um, they didn't turn the ball over much. Um, and, and and at the end of the day, yeah, that is true. But you can't just only play a third or two thirds of the game, right? It's it's what you do with the entire thing. So I think that's kind of where I'm where I'm hung up because at the end of the day, you know, this team has a lot of potential. It's just not there yet. And yeah, if if you are producing for for two thirds of the game instead of, or sorry for the full game instead of two thirds. I think this is a team that shows a lot of the promise that we kind of speculated on in the past. Well, I have no, nothing more to say on men's basketball. So how about we do some picks? Shall we? Yeah. Let's rattle them off real quick. Let the people. It's rivalry week in the United States. Let's start on black Friday at 2 p.m. on Fox, England versus the United States. Mr. Purdy, you're up first. I believe that we will probably lose 3-1 in that match. Disappointing. Mr. Grant. Uh, 1,776 to nothing. That's my prediction. There we go. He didn't actually give a team. He didn't pick a winner in that one. So hey, take that hey, hat. Actually, actually, if you want to go, uh, if you want to go American Revolution and War of eighteen twelve, I guess we're it's one and one, problem. right? Uh, there was that time we rebuilt the entire country, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll take that. We'll, we'll we'll let them have that one. Uh, let's move on to actual, or at least American football. Three thirty on ABC. NC State versus North Carolina. Uh, UNC favored by six and a half points mr grant you know what um nc state is very snake bitten with unc i'll take uh unc get right mr purdy i don't know about that i i, I guess north carolina was just a drop pass away from winning so yeah i'll still take him nc state is somehow ranked still that's very bizarre to me i guess there have to be 25 teams you in just a run out of team uh, eventually Tech got two votes in the coaches' poll. I know. See, that's, Who that's knows what people are doing? It gets ridiculous. That's at, extremely at cursed. Uh, Seven thirty on ABC. Florida at Florida State. Florida State favored by nine and a half. Mister Grant. Florida State easy, all the way to yeah, the bank. Mr. Purdy. Yep. Same. I kind of forgot that Florida had five losses. One to Vanderbilt. In fact. Yes. Uh, noon kick on ABC on Saturday. South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson favored by 14.5? Question mark? Mr. Purdy? I mean, uh, I think they're, they're bl- the betters, I'm guessing, are blaming the Tennessee defense for not doing the, doing it, and then Hendon Hooker getting the torn ACL, so gifting some points there. I mean, I'll still take the Tigers. Uh, they're ranked. I mean, they, yeah, this is, they really need this game just for 
staying in it purposes. Uh, so I think I think they'll play right. Mr. Grant? Yeah. Um, until Clemson proves otherwise, them taking a home loss would be pretty uh, unprecedented. It's been like more than half a decade at this point. Syracuse keeps trying and nearly succeeding. <laughs> but yet, here we are. <laughs> Weird times we live in. Uh, SEC Network, 3 p.m. Louisville versus Kentucky. Kentucky favored by three and a half, Mr. Grant. Yeah, um, I'm going to take Louisville. I'm not really sure why UK is favored. I, I haven't seen it from them uh, other than some smoke and mirrors recently. So, yeah, give me the cards. They're playing well. Mr. Purdy. I'm picking uh, the over on two ounces of bourbon per person drunk before the game. Uh, that uh, that will lead to a Louisville. Safe game. bet. Extremely safe bet. 3.30 on... Some network. There's no network listed for this one. That's weird. Probably on the RSN. Wake Forest at Duke. Wake favored by three and a half, Mr. Purdy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I've probably I got plenty of Duke friends now, but uh, seven, who, who thought this would be a 7-4 and four versus 7-4 and four game? That's still pretty impressive for this particular it's a game. like a very good game that's getting shunted over to the RSN. It really is. Uh, I'm going to take I'm gonna take Wake uh, and then Duke wins next year. Wow, that's that feels like a fence post sitter answer, Mr. Yeah. Grant. I'm taking Duke. Uh, I have sold myself quietly on Duke winding up with nine overall wins uh, this year. I still don't like him. I'm not a big Duke guy, but I think that that would be amusing to me. And the line is close enough that, you know what? Sure, let's let's go with it, Duke. Mike Elko doing better in his first season at Duke, which was supposedly a woebegone program, than Jimbo uh, uh, and his $90 million contract is very, very funny to me. <laughs> 7.30 on ESPN3, Syracuse at Boston College. Syracuse favored by 10.5, Mr. Grant. Syracuse has really done a phenomenal job of showing us who exactly they are uh, these past five weeks. I feel a little bit bad for them. That said, I'm not convinced that Boston College has the juice to beat him. I'll take Mr. I'll take Purdy. Neither do I. Give me the orange. Final game, 8 p.m. on ACC Network, Pittsburgh at Miami. Noted rivals, Pittsburgh and Miami. Pitt favored by six and a half points, Mr. Purdy. Make it seven at least on that one. That Miami's got nothing in the take. Uh, they're in that weird boat of also being a five-win team that can make a bowl game, but lordy, I hope they do not if they have an even remote chance. Mr. Grant, you have a con. It would be helpful for us if Pittsburgh were to win. Yes. So let's go Pitt. I think another Miami coaching search uh, for the second year in a row would be very funny. I'm just saying. <sighs> does, it, does anyone want to pick Georgia Tech to win? Just want to put it out there. Anyway, anybody? No? Okay. They're playing a game this week? Uh, Didn't know about that. Uh, uh, let's let's just, you know, stick our head in the sand and, and, <laughs> and pay attention to volleyball on Wednesday first. <laughs> Mr. Grant, sicko pick of the week. I see yeah, my, you picked something that is, God, so on brand. My sicko pick of the week. I feel like this is just Jake picks the Illinois game half of the time. But They're a pretty sicko I, team. I feel like the matchup of 
Illinois squandering their best season in 15 years by losing to Purdue, a bad Purdue team and a bad Michigan State team, and then some highway sh- robbery shenanigans from the refs against Michigan when they and and, and a inexplicably dumb loss to a bad Indiana team to open the year. This Illinois team is a couple weird plays from dare I say it being like 11 and 0. Um, well, maybe not weird plays because Michigan State was pretty throttling on on the part of Sparty against Northwestern, who's one in 10, whose only win came in a massive Scott Frost special to absolutely Northwestern has not won in Ireland America this year. The, their only win is in Ireland. This is incredible. <laughs> I, I cannot believe that this game means so little uh, because of how truly awful Northwestern has been. And Illinois, dare I say, turning rather startling competency into just the most snake bitten of snake bitten. And if that's not a nice little metaphor uh, for, for Illinois as a, as a whole, as a state, I don't really know. Don't really know what is Um, Illinois favored by 14. Uh, I I think they can cover it and good Lord. We could have not had the Ferences in the big 10 championship. I think it's still possible, but man, um, do I not want to see, Iowa just get dumpstered by the winner of, of Michigan, Ohio State. So, but isn't that fun? Isn't that what you live for? No, it's boring. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad television. Personally, I just like watching the punters. The punters, the, you know, punter, elite punting school, Iowa, I've always said. Mr. Purdy, BYU, Stanford, give me, did... give me the high, high level overview here. I mean, this, I, I think historically this would never have been that great a game, but BYU is supposed to be like half decent this year, and Stanford's just awful. They don't have a mat. Their mascot got banned. There's a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on over there. Go Bears. Um, go Cal. Supposedly there was some weird shenanigans happening at BYU's campus this year as well. So it's just a weird melting pot of a lot of crazy non-football factors blending into a horrible West Coast game. So uh, I, I hope no one gets hurt, and I hope they have fun. Did this get put on the Pac-12 network, or is oh, this on a net, on a TV no, station that people can actually watch? Uh, in my as I scroll down very very quickly, it's on FS1 at 11 p.m. Eastern. They got the hyperlink game. Oh, that's that's disgusting. Uh, speaking of sicko picks of the week, I picked the Egg Bowl. I'm not giving you a winner in this game, but it's purely sicko one because it's the Egg Bowl, uh, and two, <laughs> one of the coaches might be leaving for another job again. So. It's gonna be ridiculous. Uh, I mean, in 2019, this game possibly started a global pandemic. So, correlation, causation, throw your records out the window for rivalry games. Am I right? Who knows? Gentlemen, I think that is about it for us this week. We have gone for, oh my lord, almost 100 minutes. Mr. Grant, Mr. Purdy, do you have anything else that you'd like to share before we walk on out of here? I uh I do appreciate that in my modified commute this week there is a stretch of it that I can see from the train five breweries and a half mile uh so that's pretty impressive density um but uh you know uh, other than that pretty pretty normal here uh, I hope everyone has a phenomenal Thanksgiving and and remember the reason for the for the season and all that Mr. Purdy if you listen this long thank you so much it does it does mean a lot to us. We are literally uh, yes. doing it for whoever is still listening right now. At so. this point, we really are. 
I hope you enjoy your turkey, whatever meat or non-meat things you decide to eat this weekend. You enjoy your football. Uh, don't don't live or die with Georgia Tech this weekend. It's probably not a healthy endeavor uh, as much as it seems like. I ask you again. Podcast. You keep mentioning this game that Georgia Tech is supposedly playing this weekend. I wasn't aware of one. What is football? I don't know. It's the sport the United States plays on Friday against England and Qatar. Uh Qatar. Uh, I don't need that stress. I don't need to talk about that stress. We're done. Uh, Mr. Grant, walk us out of here. Yeah, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. We're thankful for all of you. We're also thankful for Section 103. Um, I would say that up and down and sideways, even if uh, they, uh, you know, didn't uh, reach out to us. So we love Section 103. Go check them out at Section 103 at Twitter dot com and you can also find them at section 103.com you can find us uh at jake grant and at jack nicholas also on twitter uh as long as twitter is still kicking uh you can also find the blog at fgs blog on twitter as well comment dm us uh interact with us we we see all that stuff we definitely want you uh to hear what you have to say because all that steers what we do here we're uh, posting on facebook it. again we're back on yes. facebook after two years yes uh that uh Honesty the time. bird app is very sick and dying. I I forgot that we had a Facebook for a while there, but it's back. Um, thank you, Jack. Um, we do have a website. Uh, this gets posted with an article. You can comment there. You can comment on other stuff. You can just read stuff. Go ask a question on the mailbag because for some reason I'm doing that this week. Uh, anyways, um, you can find us also via email at from the rumble seat at gmail.com. This was very long winded. It was a long winded episode. Basically, all the sports are in action at this point, uh, except for baseball and softball and, I guess, tennis. So uh, tune in, tune out, um, Wednesday, volleyball, Saturday, football. Good night. Good luck. Go Jackets. <laughs>